Hey friends, welcome to the Confetti Moments Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Hinshaw. I believe that picture books open the magic for all readers. Today, open your heart and let all the book feels in. It's going to be so much fun. Let's open the magic. Welcome to another episode of Confetti Moments. I'm so glad you're here. On today's episode, I get a chance to sit down with Melissa Persico of In Our Library. We're going to talk all about being a librarian. We're probably going to talk about my favorite picture book right now, Hamsters Make Terrible Roommates, because <laughs> Melissa's the one that introduced me to it. And who else knows what we're going to talk about? But this whole month is about book-loving people who are inspiring others to bring books into home. So without further ado, welcome, Melissa. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Very excited. Yay, I'm so excited for you to be here. And I just love your little accent. And it just <laughs> makes the California person in me so excited. Why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and all the wonderful things? Okay, well, I feel like this is always the hardest part for me. Like, I'm so awkward at introductions. So my apologies in advance. Um, so I'm a kinder, well, kindergarten through fifth grade. We just added one section of preschool at my school this year. So I guess I'm technically a pre-K through fifth grade library media specialist. I know in other parts of the country, you might be called school librarians, teacher librarians, all, all the same kind of thing. I obviously love books and reading and I'm super into my cats and my plants and coffee. Um, and my wife and I have a two-year-old son. And um, I honestly, like, intros are the worst for me. Like You're doing so good. I, I love know. it. I already well, have so many follow-up questions. I need to know <laughs> what's your favorite kind of plant. Do you oh. drink coffee to wake up? Like, I have questions. Okay. Well, um, I drink coffee to, and of course it doesn't help with my anxiety, but I, I drink it to like get myself through the day and get all excited. And, um, my favorite plants right now are, um, I just got a whole bunch of new house plants that are cat friendly because my cats are wild animals, um, and can't control themselves. So I have a couple of ferns and I have, um, uh, I'm trying to see right now. I have a snake plant. Nope. That's a lie. That one's not okay. Um, see, I didn't, I didn't think about talking about my plants. So I don't really, I forgot everything that I know about plants right now. It's okay. <laughs> I love it. Cause I know nothing about plants. So you could say like you had a Justin Timberlake plant and I'd be like, that sounds amazing. Cause I, I do in fact have one of those. So Oh, well. I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't. I was like, wait, really? Oh, maybe I should become a florist. Yeah, you're well, a plant well, expert let's now. Let's talk about something that you, I know you know a lot about and why that we connected through Instagram is what is your life like a librarian and what led you to that career? Well, uh, I'll start off by, by talking about what led me here first. Um, and it's honestly just one person from the age of five through the rest of my life, um, my elementary school librarian. And that's Can where I you notice my- Can I one yes, second? Okay, I was gonna say, everyone, are you gonna make fun of elementary right now? I am. Um, so I love how she says that word because in California, <laughs> we say elementary. And Melissa, when we started talking a few months ago, said this word. And the reason why I laugh is because I also follow Colby Sharp and he says that. And in my head, I'm like, he is saying it wrong. And then Melissa says it that way. So I'm like, okay, clearly yeah. that's just the East coast says elementary. Yeah. And I, I think it's even maybe more specifically Northeast. One of my friends started teaching in Virginia and they, they make fun of her for saying elementary. Um, All right, but I think I'm so Okay, so um, I my brother's two and a half years older than me, and I started to learn how to read when he did, um, which you know I still remind him of to this day. Um, but 
I just loved reading. And from kindergarten, I was reading uh, Babysitter's Little Sisters. And I just was always in the library at my elementary school. And my mom actually used to substitute um, in secretary and aide positions. And so she was in the elementary library a lot subbing. <clears throat> and I just have like really fond memories of going like before and after school and just hanging out with her in there. And my elementary librarian, um, just, I, I feel like I was special to her. And I just remember like spending time in there with her and she let me come in whenever I wanted to, to exchange books. Um, and then when I got to high school, she had actually moved up there as well. So I had from kindergarten to fourth grade with her um, and then again from ninth grade to 12th grade. So we just had a really great relationship throughout my whole student career. And then um, when I was in college, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher and I thought that I wanted to be an English teacher. I think primarily because I loved my high school English teachers and <laughs> fun fact about me, I did not participate in senior skip day in 12th grade because I wanted to hang out with my teachers that day because there wouldn't be as many of my peers there. Uh, You're, my big nerd. You're my people. You're my people. So that just kind of gives you a little bit of an idea about uh, what I was like with my teachers. And um, so that's kind of why I thought I wanted to be an English teacher because I loved reading and my English teachers were so cool. Um, and I, so in college, I had a part-time job at Bath and Body Works and Mrs. Brown came in, my elementary and high school librarian, and just like asked what I was going to do after college, um, if I was going to do grad school, what I was thinking of. And I told her that I wanted to be an English teacher. And she looked at me and she goes, no, you don't. And I was like, oh, um, okay. And she in like 30 seconds flat convinced me that I in fact needed to be a librarian. She told me that being a librarian was so much more exciting because you're teaching different books and you know it's different curriculum all the time and every day is different. And it, it just like blew my mind that I hadn't even considered being a school librarian before. I have no idea why, like I grew up in the library. Um, and she was right, that is what I wanted to do, in fact. And so fast forward a, a decade, however long it's been, and I'm in my library and we're doing different things every day. Um, it's a flexible schedule for the most part. So that means I get to collaborate with teachers on lessons and projects that really just fit in naturally with their regular curriculum. Um, and I know a lot of elementary schools uh, tend to be on a fixed schedule, meaning, you know, you see the kindergarten A class once a week for the whole year. And then you see fourth grade on Tuesdays once a week. So we're a little different in that way in that it, it really is flexibly scheduled um, and it can be anything like some teachers come down for read alouds and a, a little activity a couple times a month. Um, other times it's a little, little bit of a bigger project like a book review or a book trailer. And then, you know, we of course do the big research projects every year that align with their curriculum. And it could be in social studies, it could be in ELA, science, really anything. And I have a lot of teachers who don't repeat projects at all. We'll do something new each year and come up with um, a project that works for that class, for that subject, for those kids. And it's, it's really great. I love it so much. That's so awesome. So you said so many wonderful things, but the one thing that stuck out to me is that you worked at Bath and Body Works because yes. <laughs> my sister did too. And to this day, we will never forget her manager said to her once, if you're ready to lean, you're ready to clean. So that is like our family's thing. Like if you're not helping, we say, stop. If you're ready to lean, you're ready to clean. That's so, we, it's not a, it's not a company motto. We, we never said that. Okay. Well, great. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it, um, I, I'd still work there. It was a lot of fun. I love all the candles. Like, I'm still going through candles that I got when I worked there. It was That's a awesome. little, I might not have made any money when I worked there actually. 
well, just sent it all right back. <laughs> you know, that, that would be me too. Um, actually, I, I, I hate to break it to you, but I don't like Bath and Body Works only because like, I will never wear perfume. Like other people mm. can wear perfume, bo- uh, not boys, Lord, gentlemen can wear cologne, <laughs> but I can't. The only thing I can do is the month of December, I will wear the candy Christmas apple that yes. I can only wear yeah. it right here, like where my watch is and just a little bit. If it goes a little bit more, I'm nauseous the whole day. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, my heart goes out to you. I know. I always have to write on like all my like teacher things, like thank you so much, but no perfumes or body lotion. <laughs> Are the candles okay? Yeah, I can do the candles. Okay. But okay. even then it's like, oh, some of them are too strong. Yeah, but- definitely. Yes. All right. Well, everyone, now that you have the rundown of my perfume <laughs> life, let's get back talking about, okay. So for book lovers, we hate this question because we have so many favorite books, but right now, what is your favorite book or a few books that are giving you confetti moments? So right now, and you and I have talked about this one uh, before, after the fall, how Humpty Dumpty got back up again by Dan Santat. Um, If you haven't read it yet, it's wonderful. You know, it, it can go along with your fairy tale unit. If you're talking about Um, different retellings of fairy tales or what happens next when the fairy tale's over. Um, But it's also a really good book for talking about um, social emotional learning. And I get chills every time I read it. And I may or may not get a little teary-eyed each time. It's just, I I just love it so much. Um, And I think the kids get a lot from it too. Um, it's an incredible book. And for everyone listening to things I want to say before we continue is all the books that Melissa talks about today will be linked down in the show notes. So you don't need to be like furbishly writing or like getting over on the freeway to like write a book down. But also <laughs> I wanted to say, I actually interviewed Dan on my podcast, um, episode. I don't remember, but it'll be in the show notes about his book because I heard a YouTube video about the reason why he wrote it was for his wife who deals with anxiety. And so of course I had to reach out. I was like, I need you on my podcast. And it is such an cre- incredible episode. So Melissa, yeah. if you haven't even listened to it, you gotta go check it out. I will for sure. Um, and then along those lines, this one just came out uh, over this past summer called What If Pig by Lindsay Hunter. Um, and it was me. I felt like I, I felt like I was reading a book about me. Me too. Um, pig is the main character and um, everyone thinks pig is amazing and pig is wonderful and pig just can't see that in himself. Um, and I think right now the books that, that give me these confetti moments that you always talk about um, are these books with these these big issues, these social emotional topics like anxiety and self-esteem. And it's just incredible to see them being taken on in, in kids' books and picture books. And I think that for me, these confetti moment books are the books that I wish had been available for me when I was younger, because anxiety and depression is something that I've struggled with for decades now at this point. Um, and I just wondered how things might be different if, if I had books like that when I was little. I think that, thank you, Melissa, first of all, for being so open and sharing that with my listeners. And I feel like the same for me when I read what if pig, I just cried. So I was like, there's a book about me right here. A it's a pig Mm -hmm. and I love pigs, but B it really takes a topic that's pretty not talked about and really makes it accessible for kids to understand, but then also adults to feel seen. And that's why I think I love picture books so much. So I get so like mama bear on people who say like picture books are only for kids or for little kids. Cause I'm like, no, like I just read that book and had a therapy session. Like they're for everybody. And so with that, my next topic I'd love to discuss is how do you navigate teaching mental health in the library? So this is a big question for me uh, to to take on and and talk about. And um, this is something that's really important 
to me right now. Um, I've really been struggling with my own mental health lately, which I do want to talk about. Um, but first, just a little bit about my school in particular. So when we're talking about SEL topics, we use the zones of regulation, which I think a lot of schools might use, or you know, you might be familiar with it. Yes. And um, so in our, our school, our guidance counselor and our OT come in and explicitly teach this to classrooms so that everyone has this common language. And it's really great as a special area teacher, you know, that I can just say these things and, and the kids know what I mean when I say something about <clears throat> um, how can we get into the green zone? They know that they're trying to, uh, you know, center their emotions and get a little bit calmer. So um, the zones of regulation is, is something that, like, for example, when I'm doing a read aloud, I try to make those connections there, even if it's not necessarily, um, you know, a big SEL title, but just maybe noticing what the character's doing and talking with the students about what zone they might be in or making that personal connection. If this happened to you, what zone would you be in? Um, things like that. And I'm realizing more and more that it's not just necessary for kids to have conversations about mental health and social emotional learning through books, but they also really need to, to see it and, and hear it from us, from their grownups, their trusted adults. And I'm reminded of a moment last year, and I, I didn't really share a lot of this um, on social media, um, just because it has been really tough for me to talk about. Um, but last year, because of COVID regulations, I was partnered with um, a wonderful second grade teacher. Um, I honestly would not have made it through the year without her. Um, but, you know, it, it was an adjustment. I struggled. Um, I wasn't in the library at all. And... <clears throat> um, so I was struggling with that along with all of the, the pervasive COVID anxiety that a lot of us experienced. And then personally, I was still trying to cope with the recent loss of my grandmother. And that was complicated by the fact that my wife and I also bought her house and we were moving into it. And it was, it was just a lot for me to handle all at once. And I can't remember what led up to it, but there was one morning where I just straight up started crying in front of a group of seven-year-olds, which is a really humbling experience. Um, and it also, I'm not recommending it. Like I'm not endorsing crying in front of a group of seven-year-olds. Hey, I've but, cried too. It's okay. It's okay. And I just want to say thank you so much for being so open. Continue. But I'm just like, so like, I feel moved right now. Um, and they all, I think they were shocked that I was crying in front of them in the first place. Um, but one of the girls asked what was wrong. I mean, they all were asking what was wrong, but, and then in my head, I'm like, ah, oh, what do I, what do I say to them? Like, do I make something up? And I, I couldn't think on my feet. And so I just told them the truth that, you know, they knew I was moving. Um, and I, I just told them that I was having a lot of big feelings and stress about moving. And I did let them know that you know, it wasn't easy for me to be out of the library. And one of my sweet, sweet kids looks at me and she just goes, well, why didn't you tell us that sooner? And I, I didn't have a good answer for that. And I was like, I, I don't know. I wish that I would have, and I wouldn't have, you know, escalated to this point if I had just talked about it sooner. And, you know, I'm not saying that we have to share every personal moment of our lives with our kids, but they, they understand a lot more than we sometimes give them credit for. And I think they, they deserve to, to see that grown up struggle with our emotions at, at certain points too. Um, which brings me back to uh, my own experience right now. And I haven't really shared a lot about it here in um, our, our teacher space online. Like you and I have talked about it a little bit, but um, I, I do share a lot of posts about mental health and anxiety. So if anyone 
does follow me. You know, you may have noticed that kind of increase over the last couple of years. Um, but I've really been struggling since <laughs> conveniently everything happened right around uh, the start of the pandemic. Um, and whew, my anxiety tells me that I should keep a lot of this to myself, um, but my logical brain and my therapist remind me that it's okay to be vulnerable. So um, for the last two months, I've been out of work um, to focus on my mental health and for a little bit of context without you know, being triggering, uh, talking about certain topics. Um, I was just engaging in, in a lot of unhealthy behaviors as a way to feel some kind of control in my life. And um, I, I couldn't continue doing those things without absolutely self-destructing. And so I enrolled in an inpatient DBT program, which is dialectical behavior therapy at a local mental health facility. And this feels really weird talking because I haven't even shared it with a lot of my colleagues. So I know some of you follow me on here. So if this is the first time you're hearing about this, um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm sorry that I didn't tell you sooner or um, I just haven't been ready yet, but I am now to talk about it. So um, the program has made uh, a big difference for me, but you know, there's still a lot to work on and uh, work on with my regular therapist now that the program's done and, and just on my own. And um, in processing all of this, I, I, I've had the worry about what I'll say when I come back because I was gone for, for two months, I've, I've been out you know, and wondering what I'll tell not just my colleagues, but also my kids when they ask. And it's one of those things where I know I don't, I don't have to say any, I don't owe anyone any explanations if I don't want to share. But um, after a year of my regular therapy, and then this pretty intense program, um, I think I owe it at least to myself to talk about what I've been through and, and validate myself and in a way celebrate how far I've come. I, I don't often give myself credit for just the things that I do. Um, so I think I need to, to recognize that it, it was a big accomplishment for me to go through this and for my kids sake too. Like I realized last year, you know, they deserve to not just hear grownups talking about social emotional learning and, and mental health, but to see it. Um, and, and so in one of our, our group sessions in the program, I, I brought this point up and in talking through it with some of the other, the other people in there, you know, I realized that I can be honest with the kids. And a couple of people brought that up that that my students would probably appreciate the honesty and, and not <clears throat> just hear like, oh, I, you know, I just needed some time. They deserve to, to see and to hear what mental health looks like and that it's okay for them to have big feelings and it's okay for them to, to talk about them and to rely on other people and let other people help them when they need it. Um, so I, you know, I, I still haven't worked out exactly what I'll say, but, you know, I think the kids deserve to know that. And it's not something that I'm ashamed of, um, you know, that I was in the blue zone and I had a really tough time and I'm in the yellow zone and the green zone more. Um, and I hope it'll be meaningful for them to hear. And I, I think it'll be good for me in recovery to share my story and, and hopefully, you know, someone who's listening can connect to it too and, and realize that they deserve recovery and good things and all so that. It's amazing. This was so amazing, Melissa. You don't know how many lives you've just touched. 
And I really just kind of let you talk and I just listen because as you know, I mean, we both have talked, I deal with OCD and anxiety and I think it's such a great message for everybody to hear that like you were so vulnerable and that you shared this, but also that you were going, you are going to be open with your students. And I agree, they know a lot more than we think they do. But here's the thing. I feel like for so long, like growing up, like we did not talk about mental health. Like, no, it was not talked about. And I think now it really does need to be talked about. And well, I don't think you share like everything that, you know, goes on me right, either. Right. I think it's important that we do let our kids know that we do struggle. I, you know, I was sharing with them the other day in my class, we had, we were doing a presentation and they were kind of getting up and just kind of like walking, like they didn't believe in themselves. And I, we have like got to change this. Like you have to believe in yourself. You are your biggest champion. And Melissa, you were your biggest champion and you went through that program and it is going to open so many doors for you and not only your own doors, but like doors that you're going to teach your son and doors you're going to teach your students that like, it's okay to not be okay, but everybody deserves hope and help. And it's when we get stuck in that there is no hope, that's where we start to crumble. But if we believe there always is hope, no matter how it comes, that's where we all need to walk towards. Yeah. I, 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 <clears throat> sorry, I'm <laughs> very emotional right now. Oh, it's okay. I cried on my <laughs> episode like two weeks ago. So we'll just call this the crying podcast. It's great. I love Did it. Did you ever see the, um, I think I asked you before, but the Kristen Bell segment where she's on Ellen with the sloth, there's one point where she tells Ellen, she's like, if I'm not between a five and a seven, I'm crying. And that's me. Like, I'm very emotional either way. Um, but I, yeah, I just, our kids, our kids deserve it. They, they need to know. And, you know, I think as, as adults, as teachers, we also need to believe in the the things that we're reading, you know, like in yeah. what if pig, you know, how can I, sh- how can I really share this story with my students? If, you know, I can't be open and honest about that same struggle within myself. Right. So true. Oh my gosh. This is, I know we kind of went down a different road, but we'll, we'll yeah. go back on the, the <laughs> other road. But I think this was so important. And I feel like even just sitting here thinking myself, like, right, what you just said, if we don't like do what we say, not that we're being imposters, but like, we're not helping anybody. So like when I tell my kids all day, love yourself, be kind. But then I go home and I'm like, literally like attacking myself because I had an extra chocolate chip cookie. Like that is not. And one thing we talked about in my program is listening to your your inner voice and just first acknowledging how mean we are to ourselves. It's if you stop and, and catch your inner dialogue, we are not nice to ourselves for the most part. And if you are, I absolutely would love to know how you have that kind inner dialogue to yourself. But I, I think a lot of us struggle just being kind to ourselves. And I, that's something that I'm, I'm still working on and I've, it's easier than it was two months ago, but it's something that I need to work on for me and for my kids. This just kind of came into my brain right now where you talked about how, you know, if you are somebody who is like, you know, has all the happiness in your brain and you don't think negatively, I think it's our job as teachers to teach kids how to deal with their feelings. Because I think if we do that, there will be more people who are able to love themselves for whoever they are. And, you know, social media definitely puts a big stop sign in all of our faces saying we're not good enough, but you know, we can all turn it around if we help each other. Um, Do you follow Mel Robbins? I don't. Okay. Well, she's a motivational speaker and she wrote a book called the high five habit and I'm reading it right now. And I think you need it. Um, but it talks about like being your own biggest cheerleader and doing things that scare you because why not? And like, you can believe in yourself 
I love that post I've seen on Instagram before. You believed in the Easter bunny, the Santa Claus and blah, blah, blah for half your life. You can believe in yourself for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. So I love that. Well, while this has been an invigorating, I mean, invigorating is not the right word because I don't want to downplay this. I'm so (laughs) proud of you. And I just think it's so awesome that you shared your story. I would love to kind of go back to talk a little bit about your journey with getting started on Instagram. I know if you don't follow Melissa and again, her, um, she'll share her information below and I'll have it in the show notes, but it's in our library. Melissa is like the hippest librarian on Instagram. I love following <laughs> oh, <why> her. <laughs> yes. You're, you're too kind. No, again, no. The, the, the negative self-talk. Oh my goodness. I know. No. Thank you, Courtney. I am quite cool. (laughs) There you go. You are cool. So what made you decide to start your IG account? I mean, pretty simply, it, it was to connect with other school librarians and teachers. I'm in a really small rural district with only one other librarian. And my first my first teaching job, I was in a pretty large district and it felt like there were always people to bounce ideas off of. Um, There were six or seven other librarians at least in the district and there were always student teachers coming in and out. So um, I I missed that feeling and um, the connection I had with my classmates in library school. Um, I really just kind of missed that that ability to quickly share things with each other. And so I started my Instagram account and it was really cool to see what other people were doing in their libraries and and classrooms. And I think now there's a lot more librarians and even accounts for the school library itself um, that, that weren't there when I first started. And it's been really exciting to see that kind of grow over the last few years. Um, and then I also connected it with my teachers pay teachers, um, that I was doing. I had already been making a lot of my own decor and lessons for my library and, you know, kind of wanted to connect it all and and see how other people were sharing their ideas on Instagram and sharing the cool things that they found on teachers pay teachers. So it all kind of felt like it all flowed together when I first started. I love that. I love that. So one story you told me that I'll never forget. And I tell everybody, cause I think it's so adorable. You had shared with me that when you first started dating your wife, that you went on dates in the library, like that is my favorite. And so <laughs> actually Melissa has helped me not be afraid of the library because I was very afraid of it before. Um, because there's so many books and it's overwhelming to me. And that's like what I deal with about like perfectionism And so she got me to go to the library and that's kind of how we connected. And that's when I learned about hamsters make terrible roommates. And if you do not Mm -hmm. have that book, stop this podcast right now and go get it. But what I would love to ask you as a librarian, what advice could you give to parents or teachers about the library? So for example, like how many times a month do you go? What does it look like when you go? Give us all the details. Well, I, for my school library, I'm constantly checking things out from there and bringing them home so that I can recommend things to my colleagues and to my students. And then with my public library, I probably go there about two to three times a month. Um, A lot of the times it depends on the weather. Um, If it's like too cold or too rainy to go out, uh, my son, Charlie, will spring to the library and um, kind of let him do his thing, which, you know, for us mostly involves reminding him of his walking feet and removing books gently from the shelves, because obviously the librarian's kid sprints through the aisles and grabs as many books off the shelves possible as quickly as he can and just dumps them in the cart. Like, you know, of course he would do that. Like, super walking um, yeah, no, that's seriously what it's like. And I was like, girl, you better know that show. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I see other kids sitting there calmly reading. I'm like, that's what I thought my life would be like. And instead I'm, I'm chasing my adorable wild son 
through the library. But um, so we, we go about a, a couple of times. And when I get to go by myself, which is a, a real treat, let me tell you, um, <laughs> I, I try to take my time going mindfully through the aisles there in my library, at least. I, I think most libraries probably have this, um, a section of new materials that came in. And I tried to stop there first to pick up any new picture books that I might not have seen that I know I wanna add to my school library or that I think Charlie will like. Um, and there's even, um, that same sort of thing for new nonfiction, new middle grade chapter books. And then if it's a holiday season, I'll try to go over to the holiday section and, and pick up some new books from there. Um, trying to think what else my library does that, that makes it easy and accessible. Oh, there's also, besides the new books, there's a section of popular books. Um, so titles that are constantly going in and out they they have a few copies of like the new Pete the Cat ones are always there um any of the Jory John books like there's always multiple copies of those so I try to let the library guide me and go to the new displays that the librarians have curated and kind of just I don't know I know it's not helpful for you if I say just wing it but <laughs> I I try to just walk around and see what grabs my eye. Like I know we're not supposed to judge books by their cover, but I do secretly. Oh, <laughs> um, so yeah, going by myself is when I really get to explore and find new things. But Charlie finds really good books too when he just grabs and dumps. So, you know, you could try either method. <laughs> I love it, grab and dump. And it's funny you say that's not a good method. No, that's what my therapist tells me I need to do just grab and go like you, you know, you're not going to like mess up if you get the wrong book this week. So yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Right. Okay. Book love. Let's get into book love next. So if you were to interview an author, what author would you interview? This was really hard for me to decide on. And I think that I have to throw it way back to Anna Martin of the Babysitter's Club fame. I was obsessed. I already mentioned that I was reading Babysitter's Little Sisters in kindergarten and I uh, moved on to the regular BSC books and I am in love with the graphic novels and the re-releases of the books and the Netflix series is perfect. Like, have you watched the Netflix series? I'm on, ep or I'm on season two, episode two, but I have to finish okay. here first. Okay, well, it's perfect. I love the updates that they've been given. It just really feels authentic to right now versus the 90s. Mm -hmm. um, and anyway, so one time, Anna Martin came to a local bookstore near me to do a book signing. And I like had all these questions in my head, like, oh, I'm going to ask her this, this, and this when I see her. And I waited in line and I was just, so excited. And it was finally my turn to have my book signed. And I, I don't even think I told her my name. I think my dad had to tell her so she could sign it. Like I was just overwhelmed. And I, I'd like to think that I'd redeem myself and, and have a real interview with her since I am an adult who is a grown up now. I think I could ask her those questions and, um, Mike, who we've talked about before, book, book Wrangler. Yes. Um, and he shared something last year during, uh, during Pride Month. I had no idea that she's part of the LGBTQ community. Yes. And I just feel like that just adds a whole nother layer to the babysitters club. Like there's just so many more questions I would I have mean, now. I need to find her on Instagram and get this interview yeah. going, girl. I know. I I would love to redeem myself and ask her some questions and hopefully not freeze like I did when I was eight or nine. I love it. Well, I always <laughs> tell the kids, like if RJ Palacio or Patricia Polacco walk into this room, you're going to see your teacher faint. So 
oh, and I'm always like, who knows? Does anybody know them? I would love to get them on confetti moments, but so far I'm batting zero with that one. But hey, you you never know. I know. Sky's the limit. Right. One day. One day. One day. One day. Okay. So I love asking everybody this question about why do you love picture books so much? Like what, why are they your jam? They are my jam, like my sweatshirt says right now. Um, and like we've mentioned, they, they're not just for kids. They have so many important messages that we can all learn from no matter how old we are. And I love looking at illustrations and picture books. And it's also really hard with an active two-year-old to just sit and read a chapter book on my own. Um, so it's nice to be able to sit with, you know, a, a shorter in length picture book, not necessarily shorter in, in quality or content, um, but just the length and be able to share that moment together and still experience you know, a life lesson or have a laugh or just enjoy that moment together. Um, it, picture books give just as much to us as, you know, chapter books and novels do. So I, they're my jam. They are. Me too. Me too. Before we get into the rapid fire questions, is there anything that I did not ask that you want to share? Whatever. The sky's the limit. Um, I was just thinking about, you know, library experiences and, and what I like the most. And honestly, I think my, my favorite moments in the library aren't even necessarily connected to books. Like I just, I love watching kids interact with each other. Um, and one of my favorite moments, and I think it's extra special now because it was one of my Grammy's favorite stories that I shared with her. Uh, there were these two kindergarten kids and they both wanted to be the caboose when their classes headed out of the library and they were going back and forth and I was like this close to to stepping in and and helping guide them through this and finally the girl goes all right we can both be the caboose as long as you stand in front of me and and the boy like thought about it and you could you could see the wheels were turning in his head and he finally threw his fist up and goes, yes, and stood right in front of her. And I was like, girl, you did that. And I, I tell everyone, I cannot wait to see what she does as she gets older, because I was so impressed with her. And I just love those moments, you know, where kids are being kids. And I think that, you know, libraries are important for that. It's, it's just, it should be a fun space for them. And I love being able to see those moments in my library. I love that. That is such a good story. In my head, I've seen, <laughs> I wonder what that girl's going to do with her life. I mean, President yes. of the United States, let's go. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. And goodness. actually last year I had her sibling and when I was in second grade classroom, I had her sibling and, you know, she was the, the same way. I mean, a little different. They weren't, you know, exact copies of each other, but I think that family's definitely going places. <laughs> that is awesome. That is such a great story. But then I want to tell that little boy, like, dude, you just got played. <laughs> I, you know, it, it was several years ago and I look at him now and I still think of that. And I'm like, oh, buddy, buddy. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. So the next couple of questions I'm going to ask you, I ask everybody and they're just quick answers. I'm not going to ask you the teacher why, just give me your answer. So what book are you most excited to come out in 2022? I cannot answer this question. This is harder than all the other ones that you asked me. Um, I just, there's so many, like, I, how long did we talk about the last time that we were chatting? Like, we just were looking at new books for like, at least an hour. I and I, I can't, I say and not even jokingly, I really think the hardest part of my job um, is placing a book order because I want everything and I can't narrow it down. And it takes me, you know, at least half the year to order them all because not only do I want the ones that are already out, but I want to get the new books that get released. I want them right away. And then I have to wait till next year. And oh, I, so I can't decide. <laughs> so my next question is, are you a rule follower? 
I am. But you're not because you didn't answer the question. Oh. <laughs> I you're love right. giving everybody a hard time. Nobody's answered it. And it's hilarious. I, we can't do it. It's too hard. It is. It really is. I, you know, I'll tell you, I'm really excited. Ben and Jerry's is coming out with their biography. Oh, yes. Yes. There were a lot, weren't there a lot of like food books yes. that we noticed and there were a lot of cat books coming out, which hello, I love cats. I need all of those books. You have negative cat, right? No. Okay. After this podcast, please go buy it. You will okay. thank me later. Okay. Okay. All right. Next one. Favorite author and favorite illustrator? Josh Funk and Jory John. Their books are always a hit as read alouds with my kids. And then I love books with just fun, bright illustrations like Bob Shea books are always great too. So great. I know I've had um, Josh Funk on my podcast. He's amazing. He is such a delight. The only thing I don't like about him is that he loves candy corn. Um, Ooh, but that is, uh, yeah, I might have to rethink everything. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, but his books are so great for like teaching voice to kids. Cause he does yeah. such a great job with that. And I love Bob Shay's books and Jory John. I mean, y'all, if that's another one, if he walked into my classroom, I'd faint too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, but his books are so, so good. Okay. I love how mm-hmm. I told you no explanation. And then I'm giving all my explanations, but whatever. Okay. Favorite place to read. Obviously I will read anywhere and everywhere. Like there's photos of me at family parties growing up and I'm just, I'm literally off on the couch reading. Like I'm not participating. I'm, I was just reading all the time. Um, but I have to say my number one reading spot is on the beach. It's, it's just perfect. Have you ever been to California? I have my roommate from college lived there for a few years. So I've been up in the Sacramento area. Um, and of course we went through Napa Valley and we went to San Fran, but that's the only, that's the only area that I've been visiting. Oh, okay. visiting. So it's like, you should come to Orange County. We got lots of beaches that you can read on. I might have to do that. Tell Amelia, we're going on a trip. <laughs> All right, what, uh, if you could put yourself in a book, which book would it be? I went back and forth on this a lot, um, thinking about my favorite books growing up and then my favorite books as an angsty teen and as a grown up. And I, I think I have to say the Harry Potter series. Like, I know that's, uh, you know, an obvious go-to, but I'd obviously love to go there. Cool. I, I'll have to let you sit on that one alone, but good. I'm happy for you. All right. Favorite book character? To go along with uh, visiting Hogwarts, my favorite book character. Some people might think I'm going to say Hermione Granger. I'm not. It is Ginny Weasley. Um, because she is brilliant like Hermione, but she has this level of sass and charm that I love. And I think, I forget what book it is. I should know. Um, but she says something, um, about growing up with Fred and George and, and how you start thinking that anything's possible if you've got enough nerve and, you know, going back to what we talked about before, I think that's something that I need to think of more often and to just be like Ginny, you know, be fun and quick-witted and brilliant and just have that confidence and belief in myself. I'm going to be like Ginny. I love that. Melissa, this has just been, I mean, a, a conversation. I, you know, I knew where I was going, but then I didn't, and I loved every minute of it. And I'm so honored to get to hear your story and just know that I'm standing with you and that you're not alone and that so many of us do go through mental health journeys, but the best advice you gave is to get help and keep on going. 
And so I would love for my Confetti Moments listeners to be able to find you and get more nuggets of confetti. So where can they find you? My handle across all social media is in our library and I'm most active on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on Confetti Moments. This was such a wonderful conversation and I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me, Courtney. I appreciate you. Hey teachers, how are you? I am just so thankful that you have been listening to the Confetti Moments podcast. It is something that I love to do. I love to share my love of picture books and books and the love of teachers with all of you. And you know what I would love as well is, hey, why don't you share this podcast with another friend to spread the magic with them and leave a comment. Let teachers know, what do you love about this podcast? What do you want me to share more of? I would love to hear from you. All you have to do is go on to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review. Thanks so much. And as always, open the magic. Friends, I love a good graphic tee, don't you? Did you know that I just launched my new magic wear? Yes, that's right. I have new designs, colors, clothing, cups, and hats. You can celebrate the love of reading by rocking an open the magic hat to the beach, a picture books or my jam shirt to the gym, and sip your chai tea latte on Fridays like me in a all new All the Confetti Moments logo mug. Order today by visiting my shop at bit.ly backslash magic wear store. Again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash M-A-G-I-C-W-E-A-R-S-T-O-R-E. All right, let's open the magic together and spread the love of reading all around the world. Thank you so much for tuning into the Confetti Moments podcast. I hope each story or tip you heard today brings the love of reading into your heart. Take this confetti and sprinkle it all over the children in your classroom or home. See you back here next Monday to open the magic.